0: we Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys.netsdaily.com. NetsDaily.com. Brian,
1: are you still with me? I'm with you, dude. What's going on? Beautiful, dude. We're. Like, um, what's we the background such, right now? We have such an incredible apparatus going on. Our, we're so high tech these days. Um, the background is just the Kyrie Irving <laughs> press conference from <laughs> me today on silent. That's what we're watching. So, if you have not joined our Twitch channel yet, if you haven't followed us on Twitch, make sure to do that because you're missing out on dank visual elements to accompany this podcast.
0: Yeah. So, what's the concept for a little Twitch that we're that we're up to and what we're doing? What's the grand vision from Brian?
1: The grand vision is basically like we'll just like do some some live streaming of the podcast itself, and then also. Um, I think like most days I'm planning to just watch some games from the night before, do some like broader NBA stuff, Michael pop in, we have a Discord going, which is the invitation to it is in our Twitter bio, at BK Guys. so get in the Discord, ping me, and you can come on and we can all talk together, you, me, and Mike, and whoever else who wants to uh, talk turkey about the NBA season. We're pretty fired up about this season, I don't know if... <laughs> if you've heard <laughs> but but we are making our we best think it's going to be a unique season yeah we're making yeah. our best effort to um really like provide on all fronts um because we see an opportunity here but also we love basketball and want to immerse ourselves in the culture and galvanize all of the nba communities you know and i think we can figure out a way to do that on these various platforms mike what do you say to that You know
0: who's trying to galvanize the Nets community and who maybe isn't trying to galvanize the Nets community, Brian? Oh. Kyrie Irving is trying to galvanize the Nets community. Who isn't is Kevin Durant. He's Um, really
1: campaign he's in campaign mode here. I feel like he's like de Blasio's gotta watch his job at this point. (laughs) The way that the way that he's he's out there. I think de Blasio is like firmly.
0: Already, Kyrie's approval rating is higher than de Blasio's because I think Donald Trump's approval rating is higher than de Blasio's, which for for New Yorkers, which is an amazing thing. Uh, A recent poll came out. More New Yorkers dislike Mayor de Blasio's job performance than they do President Trump's, which is a surprising statistic. And it is true. Brian, the Nets are back. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So obviously today is Tuesday. Oh, by the the way, dude,
1: I uh, also on Twitch, I and this is sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, no, but we'll be I able to have to. we'll be able to have live drops. Um, so I figured that out. I'm not going to do it right here because it's not going to record into the podcast and it's not going to make any sense. But on Twitch, it will. OK, so for the, for the droppers, you know where to find me.
0: And the biggest deal about that is that we will be bringing back voicemails, Netspot at Gmail dot com, bringing back the voicemails, hearing from the people as we do it. Yes. I think that's can uh that's an element that we need to bring back but for uh 2020 that's basketball season. Hundred percent.
1: Um Buddy You wanna talk so, about we haven't really talked about Media Day anything. I know that we're like five days late at this point. Um is it is it worth is it worth going into all that? Has everyone already come to all the conclusions or can we add something more to that, Mike?
0: I think what it is is that Obviously, the bit by bit quotes, the parsing of what Kevin Durant said about his injury, not all that worthwhile at the moment. Uh, Kyrie's sort of word for word explanation of what happened in Boston. We're going to talk about that every show from now into eternity, so we can do that here too. But I think just generally what I wanted to get at was vibes, man. Mm. the The vibes these two people are putting out is so drastically different. And I think it's telling um, why each person is doing what they're doing. So if you didn't see media day, I do suggest you watch at least Kyrie Irving's press conference from media day and definitely Durant. I would watch Kim Durant. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think <clears throat> I think the Durant one is more uh, there's more spicy memes in there. I mean, Kyrie's is definitely like in campaign mode and he's doing a great job of it. Um, and I liked all of his justifications for all that. Although I did like take a look around the Twitter sphere about when he was talking about, you know, that he had a death in the family and all that stuff, and people were predictably nonplussed by that explanation. Because um, really, because people it, were well, pooing his explanation that a family member of his died, and that I mean, we're talking about Celtics fans here. Like, you know, it's in, in their hierarchy of needs, it's it's sports and then everything else. So. Um, they can't, they presumably cannot relate to that. Um, and that's not, that's not, that's not a knock. You know, that's just uh, a different kind of, it's a different life philosophy. Um, but the Durant version of it was, there's a lot more complexity there. Obviously there's a, there's an interesting yin and yang with how these two present themselves in the, in the media at present. Um, and like one seems eager to amend their reputation and Kevin Durant seems, not particularly interested in changing any of the preconceived notions about him, um, which is what you'd expect, and, and that's cool and fine. But um, the the you know arms folded, like terse answers for your first introductory press conference, is um, you know it's hard not to read into that a little bit of like um, just general resentment of of media and and the sort of you know, that, that part of being in the NBA seems to still be right there on the forefront of his um, just physical appearance.
0: Yeah. And, and I got So it's a little surprising that he's going to act like that, not because of his past behavior, but because of his immediate past behavior, where he was on a couple of like weird sort of alt indie podcasts. Um, he was on these sort of like st- weird streaming shows. He did a couple of interviews that way before media day. He didn't like do a sit down with Rachel Nichols and tell all and then he came to Media Day. He didn't, you know, answer questions in a big way on, you know, Woj's pod. He did these sort of more obscure podcasts where he was doing FaceTime conversations for 50 minutes and talking. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't talking all that revealing, but he was talking for a long period of time. So, when I'm viewing that, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to come into Media Day and at least uh, be open a little bit Be like a, You know A little more like Because he is he, In the past He had been pretty media friendly He's the type of guy Who You would often see Have these longer conversations With media guys Before games Or You know During practices Where he would be just be talking about A random assortment of topics Not even his own team So he is It's not like he's He's not Kawhi Right He's like He has some media savviness to him um, But his attitude on media day Was just like I don't want to be here. I don't want to answer these questions. Nothing that I say ultimately matters. I don't trust the people around me, the New York media. Um, but does that any of that matter for the next season? Like, does it mean anything? Not really. It was just an interesting people-watching experience to see, as you said, Kyrie open, honest, talking about a death in his family describing all the pain that he that that caused him how it affected him personally and on the basketball court and then you have kd who was at times unwilling to answer even the most basic of questions bob windrum net net income asked him in the press conference i think it was like specifically how long did you consider other teams or something like that right mm. and kd uh, like was basically, oh, no, it was the phone conversation with DeAndre Jordan and Kyrie Irving. That was the question. And he said, oh, we just talked for, like, 10 seconds. And that was it. We are done. We were in. And I was like, all right, well, let's let's paint the picture a little bit. You know, let's tell the story. Let's build the legend up, man. Let's get the marketing, 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 harkening back to the glue guy's roots and go a little bigger. Um, but, like, KD was just
1: was yeah. unwilling to walk down that well, path. Well, also – um, and this is not a knock on true boy, Brian Lewis, who does great work. And there's an interesting part there where, and he was doing definitely the, the due diligence stuff that the journalists do, but he was like kind of using Kyrie Irving's paraphrasing Kyrie Irving's like, I'm going to protect yes. Kevin Durant thing. And, and yes, like yes, 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 yes. talking to, which is obviously, you know, that's, that's sort of a, um, I don't know. That's a, it's a, it's a way to get a, a certain kind of reaction. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Which, if, if there if there's a toolbox for sports reporters, right. it's using the quote of a teammate or a coach presenting that in front of that that player, the other player that that was talked about and be like, what do you say about that? Which is not it's not a bad move. It's just like, yeah, it, it, it's how you get an it, answer out of someone. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And what's weird about it is it it. Uh, you know put a little spotlight on this concept of protecting one another from the media which is people like started as I, I watched like zach lowe and richard jefferson like kind of bat around um that that concept and it doesn't i mean as far as i can tell like it doesn't exist like there is <laughs> i don't know i don't know what that really means i mean it's basically like um wh- whatever systems are there are to prevent players from coming back earlier feeling pressure or whatever i guess like if there's a way to construe it um, in the way that I think Kyrie Irving meant it, which is to say that, like, he wouldn't allow other teammates to sort of, like, apply pressure in that way. Maybe that's the only thing that he can kind of, I don't know, uh, control in any way. Um, but even that, it's like, it's we're, we're like, it, it's, a, it's a quote about a thing that doesn't really have any, uh, it's not... It's not real. It's not you can't it's not a thing that you can actually physically, you know, <laughs> address. Um, there's no like real mechanisms to to pull on on a protection lever because uh, you're not like the team's doctors uh, and you're not the you know the decision makers. So it's an odd even a thing to be talking about in the first place. Um, and it did get a little bit of an icy response from Kevin Durant, which um, I think was maybe the iciness was more I think he. He took the bait a little bit, but it was also just more, like, about, like, I don't like when the media does this sort of iciness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he'd
0: tell in his face he saw where it was going the minute
1: that Brian
0: Lewis brings up the fact that Kyrie told me this or told us this. And then he said the thing. And you could just, if you were watching it, you could tell Kevin Durant's body language. Not that it was, not that, like, any spikes shot out of his back, but he definitely made a facial expression of, like, Oh crap. Yeah. We're going to try to go down this this road already.
1: Yeah. It was a um and then it was a it was a sentence. It was a response that got cut off like maybe two sentences short. It was like, "I make my own decisions." Oh. Okay. Yeah. And, and you can tell he was like, I "Am I going to put more context on that or is like am I going to be like, you know, very uh matter of fact here?" And and he
0: did that. I don't I, I don't really understand this. There is so, there's like this whole thing like this guy is his own man. So like this is a big thing with Anthony Davis was that A lot of people thought Anthony Davis was co-opted by LeBron and his team to like, you know, he got Rich Paul as his agent and Rich Paul is telling him he has to go to the Lakers. And Anthony Davis suddenly is like, I have to go to the Lakers. And then there was this whole I even think Anthony Davis himself had said, I'm my own man. And it's like so, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, is this this is like a new thing. Right. So we can't the team up era of. Like LeBron, Wade, and Bosch that they, that they birthed. We've gone along this cycle, and now it's like, now no longer can there be collusion among anybody. Everyone's making their own individual decisions. are all individual decisions are, are happening to line up the same with other players who are admittedly, in Kyrie and Katie's case. Katie specifically said at the press conference that Kyrie's my best friend. In, well, at least in the league. I think mm. he probably met in the league, probably not in life. But how do you know? But like, uh, I, well, because Tony Durant, our new favorite Instagrammer, is getting gaslighted on Instagram by On Green. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I would think Tony Durant's probably closer. Kevin Durant's brother is probably closer than Kyrie Irving.
1: But your brother can't also be your best friend that's cheating. That's like saying my mom is my best friend, which is true. but
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, So... So any I just I don't know, man. I with so what I think Kevin Durant I'm gonna I'm gonna play like it's not even psychiatrist. It's just like uh, a guy who plays Stratego growing up and thinks he's just thinking eight steps ahead. That's me wow. over here. A stri- I think a
1: stratego player, huh?
0: A little little stratego. We had a stratego streak one summer nice. in the smeltz Sandler household. Divorced parents, multiple kids. Got it. A big mess. It was great for my bar mitzvah. Oh. The I think Durant just went in knowing, I'm going to get these four type of questions. Why did you leave Golden State? What's the deal with the injury? Why did you want to come to Brooklyn? And then what's with you and Kyrie? Like those four basic questions in 18 different ways that those questions were asked. He knew that that was going to happen because he also knew that he wasn't 100% not going to play basketball, at least initially in this season. He probably felt it unnecessary to really even be there. Like... He showed no interest in hyping up him being part of the Nets. And he's already what he's done on social media, which I really enjoy, is that he continually posts pictures of himself wearing Nets clothing. A subtle thing, but a thing that is sort of uh, having a little bit of an effect of saying, you know, I am on this team. I am part of the team. I am a Net, even though we understand he's probably not going to play most of the season, if not all of the season. He just went in the media day uninterested in the hype, uninterested in um, explaining himself in any real way. He probably saw no benefit in it because he can't even go on the basketball court to answer any questions. It's like if he was healthy and he joined the Nets and he said, oh, I don't want to be on Golden State anymore because I think our, our time had ended and I think the Nets are a better situation. He could then go play basketball and prove it. He doesn't have that avenue to prove or back up whatever words he's saying. He just went into Media Day not really wanting to be there. And why I understand why he wouldn't. Um, like, that's fine. It was just like such a tone. It was like you know, like it was like we forced him to be up there. Like we, Nets Nation, had forced him to be on this team.
1: It was his decision to be on the team. Be a little bit excited. Get like a little Oh uh, you're doing it now. Now you're now you're playing into it. I know I know. this I know. is the way that, back it, it cuts, of that. It, it cuts, I'm not telling anyone to get excited. I apologize. Cuts, it cuts both apologize ways apologize. here because now he's doing the thing that triggers the media. And so it's it's uh, we can't let it divide us already. Like us as dude, as media influencers, if we're going to go positive here.
0: OK, so. If we track my progression of being <laughs> my feelings about Kyrie Irving, deathly afraid to incredibly excited over the course of 6 months and I will cop to that and I'll probably change in February when Kyrie is sad or something we'll we'll, we'll put a delay on that but like I don't know man I, Kyrie like it began with the Zubruder film that you gave me of him and Jason Tatum on the Darius Miles quinton Richardson podcast where Obviously, that Kyrie's engaging and wanting to talk about everything and Jason Tatum is boring and doesn't have all that much to say. Uh, we get good quotes all summer from ex-Celtics players talking about Kyrie. And then we get this media day press conference where he's just open and honest about how he was feeling. And he was just, uh, he was dishing, man. And I appreciate, I, I'm now totally team Kyrie. Mm-hmm. He won me over. He successfully took media day by storm and yeah. has, I'm 100% in his camp. I mean, There's no question I'm in his camp. He
1: taught. he spoke uninterrupted for like a hard like 6 minutes about all those decisions and was super introspective like say what you will about I mean, I think like I, I don't know. I think the the archetype of like a dick in the NBA is not somebody that's willing to do any of those types of things. Right. It's like, you know, it's much more of the, um, sort of introspective, like navel gazing. Like I'm like, like self important and not going to give anyone any answers and things like that. Like, I mean, not that people think Westbrook is a dick or whatever, but like, you know, those types of tourist responses, like, I don't have to explain myself to you people. That's, that's much more of like the kind of, you know, dickish behavior that we're sort of used to seeing from, from, um, whatever, like athletes in these, in these settings. Um, so like, you know, I think, and again, this is him like, you know, working the the political, um, campaign a little bit, um, and doing a great job of it. But like, I just don't think that people that are, you know, removed from their emotions in the way that one would have to be to like be accused of like being so divisive that it broke up a team's like championship aspirations or whatever. Um, I don't think that they like, tend to be that verbose and, you know, talkative and, and um, I don't know, just communicative about their feelings. It's not, it's not like a, a feels type of thing, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's just dumb conjecture. Well, but.
0: And, and when you're comparing him to, like, Westbrook, and I would put Harden in that camp at times, because Harden can also be sort of he, – he chooses to be unexplainable. Um, like, Kyrie very easily could have gone into media day, and I would not have advised him on this strategy, but he easily could have gone into media day – saying, I'm not going to talk about the past. We've heard so many players do that in the past, to say, I'm not going to talk about the past. I'm on this new team. I'm looking forward. I'm excited about this opportunity. But he made the decision, probably against some other people's advice, to say, you know what? I'm actually going to put myself out there. It's a pretty incredible thing, and I know this is going to sound like I'm a Nets homer and all that stuff, and like, fine. But it's a pretty incredible thing that a guy... Stood up in front of, uh, you know, with cameras on him and all these media press, all this national media and described the pain that he went through losing his grandfather and the the impact of that. Like that's so, you know, we we get so much. We get so many feelings these days, like people's feelings get put in front of our face on our Instagram feed and on Twitter and just it's just out there everywhere. We kind of get it all the time. But, like, it is still a pretty incredible thing that this guy, Kyrie Irving, felt comfortable enough and secure enough to say, you know what, this is what actually was bothering me in Boston. And I'm sure the totality of truth, not just Kyrie's truth, but the totality of truth in the situation in Boston, there were more factors than just Kyrie's grief. But the fact that he allowed us all to understand exactly what was going on, at least in his truth, you know, I really appreciated, it. and it was enlightening. It was actually something I hadn't heard before. Like in, in no time in the discussion about Kyrie and all the reports, I'm sure there was one person who talked about how Kyrie was dealing with the death of his grandfather. But like, you know, that w- that is a thing that happens to people that tends to have an impact on them, particularly in the workplace, um, and particularly in a job that. Like Kyrie, where he's like think about this situation. He was first year in Boston, he gets injured. These young guys do really well. Then he comes back on the team. He's fitting in with these young guys who had done really well. I think he even specifically mentioned Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier in that press conference in that four-minute spiel. Um, those were guys that he's basically taking minutes from, and Gordon Hayward's situation coming back from injury. So it was like a very weird team. We've talked about it so many times. I just the tracking of Kyrie will be the thing that we're going to have to talk about like every week, like just to see, like, do you trust him fully? I I mean, I can say I can't just say I 100 percent trust him fully, but certainly from where I was in March, I'm like in a totally different emotional state with Kyrie Irving, Brian, Mm -hmm. I'm more I'm more much more likely if he bend downs on one knee and gives me the ring, I'm much more likely to say yes than I've ever been mm. in my life. Um,
1: so for those of you not not joining us live on Twitch, you're missing out on excellent interactivity like your boy, Cowboy quipping a type in reference to my archetype of a dick um, thing. So, you know, we've coined we have a new lexicon that's forming on Twitch. If you're not part of the community, you know, get on here. Um, little little stuff promo there that i squeaked in did you like that mike I and we got to start developing dicketypes off of i think that's right li- i think that there's a lot there i um, think there's a
0: few different versions of it there is the the over talker sort of domineering personality who who can who constantly is saying things to annoy others Enos
1: Cantor, maybe Enos Cantor, who I like can also then be cast in that light. It's a trollish dick It's a totally different yeah school Perfect. of school of dick thought. Um, and then and then we have the silent dick yeah. um. <laughs> Well, so and here's uh, and just trying to bring this all back together. Um, what I generally like about the pairing of Kyrie and KD sort of as as like our de facto leaders or whatever um that sort of Kyrie is positioning himself to be the like emotional captain and um Kevin Durant is is like the you know competitive captain or whatever it seems to be like the the vibe you know that's whatever That that could be a, a facade for for the media because I'm sure Kevin Durant internally is very warm towards towards his players but in the same way that you know um Tom Berenger and Willem Dafoe in Platoon (laughs) (laughs) occupy two different kind of schools of thought around getting the same task done, which is, you know, liberating the Viet, the Viet Cong of, I don't know, whatever, the Vietnam War. Um, And uh, so, yeah, so basically I'm, I'm equating uh, Willem Dafoe to Kyrie Irving here as the guy that, you know, smokes angel dust and talks about aliens and Kevin Durant as just a, a Budweiser drinking, um, you know, killer of, of a special kind. Um, what do you think of that comparison, Mike? Do you like it? Well, I got to admit, I've never seen Platoon.
0: What? Uh, not. It's just it just was never in in my uh, sort of orbit, never entered my orbit, was never discussed. Wow. Um, I think I had the Nintendo video game, though. So you was get, there, it's, it's
1: pretty much the same as that.
0: it follows the same narrative arc Mm -hmm. um but i love it anytime you don't bring up what tom berenger yeah so i didn't know who that was for years and years and years and years though i had seen major league and major league two uh i don't know 50 times growing up cool um i did not know that was tom berenger and then i found out and i was like that guy's talented that guy's a star (laughs) he
1: does he does have star potential for sure yeah so basically the 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 movie is charlie sheen is a uh he's a um what do they call them a cheese dick um you know new 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 guy in the field and uh he's he's got these two like commanding officers or whatever and they both have two sort of like war philosophies one like Eli, Willem Dafoe's character, I watched this recently, so I don't just like know all this <laughs> off the top of my head, <laughs> is, um, is like basically a uh, like sort of inspired by like Native American. You know, he's like, you know, very it's all very spiritual for him and everything. Um, and then Tom Berenger is like a uh, imperialist, you know, jerk, um, a dickotype of, of a kind. Um, and in that sense, Kevin Durant, you know, falls into maybe a kind of dickotype, but one that's pretty easily forgivable. Um, and it's mostly just pointed towards media, the media dicotype. I mean, that's definitely a thing. That's like the sort of Marshawn Lynch version of it. Yeah,
0: and and it's all fine. Yeah. It'll be okay. I mean, I'm
1: not saying like Durant's
0: personality at media day. I'll see this will we, be.
1: We're media dicotypes too. We we talk that we talk that s too on our uh, for for our money. So, yeah. um, and this is also me. Hey, Kevin, what's up? Um, love to have you on the show.
0: Yeah, it's 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 all fine. Like, I'm not trying to sound the alarm about Kevin Durant as if like he'll continue to be surly because I don't think he will be. I think he just didn't want to be a media day and he didn't really want to talk about why he left Golden State. He didn't want to talk about his injury. He knows that he knew again the questions that he'd be getting and he knows that he really doesn't have answers for some of those questions. Um, I did one really revealing thing and I know this already been picked over or at least it should have been by some people and it wasn't as much as maybe I thought it should have been. Um, Kyrie Irving, when he was talking about protecting Kevin Durant, protecting him from coming back from injury too early, and that Kyrie says, you know, we all know that Kevin was put out in a situation he should not have been. Well, they're best friends. Obviously, Kyrie can have his own opinion. He's his own man. But him saying that, I think we pretty much understand at this point that Kevin Durant feels like he should not have been playing basketball and that he he doesn't think that was your
1: takeaway. I feel like that was the episode that he that he was like, I made my own decisions and I'm like autonomous and I have agency. So stop pretending like I don't. I know. I know that that is
0: what is said. I also by Kyrie saying what he said, which is basically like we all which is we all know that Kevin Durant should not have been playing basketball on that on that at that level. The NBA finals come back from injury when he did. I I have a feeling that there's at least enough people around Kevin Durant that truly believe the Warriors didn't do enough to protect Kevin Durant from himself. That, like, as an athlete, a competitive athlete, and you're staring down a chance to be the hero and come back and win the NBA Finals, you, you are almost helpless from your own competitive drive, and Kevin Durant was helpless from his own competitive drive. And the Warriors, being the the long-term thinking organization should have done more and should have protected him more not only from returning from injury but from tamping down the talk of mm. when Kevin Durant's going to come back because if you remember constantly during the finals it was like Durant may come back game 3 game 4 you know it was like it was like each game was oh Durant may come back even game 1 there was some belief that he was going to play so just i i don't know that, that's my extrapolation from that one quote that Kyrie had said. Um, <laughs> but, like, really, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's that's just, the best you know, about media days is,
1: is really just how much time you can spend talking about a, a, a one-liner um, that people, like, are, you know, under duress and don't really, you know, just have to say something. You know the Nets play a game this Friday night, Brian? I did Be know excited. that. Isn't it, like, against France
0: or something? uh Franca is that just team France or is that like a team in France? Great question. Um I'm going to start googling. So but anyways, can I just slip in one thing before we get to that game on Friday night? Of course. Um it's probably Franca, right? Français, yes. France. Um basketball club. Um nice. That makes me very happy that that's that's like a, f- a fake name in like a Mighty Ducks basketball movie. Mm. If there was like a kids basketball World Cup, that and they play the fr- the French basketball team, it would be the France Basketball Club. To uh, to this the day, club. the way that
1: I remember the difference between Greenland and Iceland is, um, Iceland is nice and Greenland is ice. That's do you know? Yeah, that's for Mighty Ducks. Do too. you know? Yes. Do you know what's horrible? Is that I'm making all these jokes.
0: They're a Brazilian team. Yeah. Just so everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. don't Bummer. listen to this podcast anymore. I don't know anything. Bummer. Um, I'm trying to look at the roster to see if there's anyone interesting, which I don't know. But it's an exciting roster. Um, one thing that I really love. I, my son is a year and like four months old. He was born the first week of June last year. My birthday was two weeks before he was born so the, the the one thing and this Brian's gonna understand this as I say it he's this is gonna fit in with my personality. The one thing I wanted to do live in New York City, world at our fingertips, couldn't have done anything right? You know we've all seen succession, the type of things you could do essentially in a bachelor party situation, what I wanted to do
1: what are you talking? eat at about? apple.
0: Eat at Applebee's in Times Square and go to Dave and Buster's. That's what oh, I wanted to do oh, for my birthday. F- oh,
1: I see. For like a bet, I got it. Okay,
0: that was the thing I wanted to do before my son came. Before my life totally shifted. Before the responsibilities of my life became less about me and more about another living person that I created. I, I hope. Um, <laughs> I, I he has blue eyes, this which to, you know this is about to turn into an episode of Mori here. <laughs> Great show. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I wanted I went to Applebee's in Times Square and Dave and Buster's in Times Square. Kevin Durant on his birthday went to Dave and Buster's in Times Square with Kyrie Irving. Was it the
1: same same birthday, same age? Probably right. Wait, thirty one. No, how old are is you, Kevin now?
0: Durant? I'm thirty one. Are we the same age? That's well, so. Sad. You
1: just turned thirty one in June. That was that was not the one for Dave and Buster's. So for your thirtieth birthday.
0: For my 30th birthday, and Kevin Durant is 31 now. So, yeah. So, we're the same age. Wow, that's terrifying. Because um, <laughs> he seems so old. Your,
1: your best days are ahead of you, but don't worry. <laughs> You've got plenty of time.
0: Um. So, anyways, it made me, it filled me with joy to go on Instagram, to hit on Easy Money Sniper, and to see that Kevin Durant's at least simpatico with me on the way we want to spend our birthdays in New York City, and again, his access—the access that he has to the the more sort of uh, greater experiences that you could have in New York City because of his access and money—he still chose Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. I think.
1: Do you think he did it you, with man. the same veneer of irony? I mean, actually, I'm not even sure that you did it ironically. That might be a place that you authentically really <laughs> like. I, mean, am uh, I am I reading that correctly? No, I don't was, know. Is it? It sounds there, like a little there irony. was. There was a heavy dose of irony. Okay, Again, good. we went to Applebee's before him. Do you think beforehand. that Kevin Durant's birthday at Dave & Buster's had the same level of irony? I don't know. I think there was a level of irony. There's got to no, be. But the, there, there were some pictures of him and Kyrie shooting on the Papa be, Shots
0: with the Nets <laughs> logos there, in the back, which is
1: pretty funny. <laughs> there is a dicketype that unironically goes to Dave & Buster's. That's, the, that's on the, the Matrix. And, like, so I can, make, I can point the finger
0: and laugh at Dave & Buster's, but also a good time a legitimately good time.
1: Um, yeah they got pretty like high tech stuff there like do you do like the terminator thing that's like like almost like a roller coaster. Yeah, you well so the, you, you know, you got to do the papa
0: shot though it's an embarrassing experience. I don't because... I don't think
1: you have to do that unless you're a professional basketball player. You really should I mean well, right. It's it's yeah. it's a game that, you know, you've seen a million times presumably. Um so anyways, th- yeah. just filled
0: my heart with joy the fact that we both celebrate our birthdays the exact same way. Yeah. Um, next, he's going to be going to the gutter in Williamsburg to, to bowl. Is that where you were? Uh, that's where we were for my wife's birthday. Hashtag some. wifey birthday. Did no you know that that's deal. the
1: place that had Ebola five years yes, ago? Yes, I told her
0: afterwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was pregnant at the time. Yeah. This
0: is her one birthday when Rowan was yeah. not born.
1: So possible but, Ebola baby.
0: Um, Thanks Brian Mm -hmm. Please please text her that Mm -hmm. She'll love that Um, So that's it Any other thoughts before we get to uh, A deep breakdown of Franca Basketball Club
1: Um, No, that's it Do you have a deep breakdown of of Franca? Is that a thing that you hold in your hand?
0: Um, The only thing that I really like Is that uh, According to Wikipedia There's a guy on that team Who's a center named Adriano, and his last name is Big, <laughs> which I I don't think that's actually his last name, but okay. they say his last name is just Big,
1: which I appreciate. Um,
0: no, that's it. it could, we'll it. uh, we'll we'll keep pumping out pods. We have got some exciting stuff coming down the pike, uh, pipe. Which what do you we do? You go really piker.
1: We go pike or pipe. What do you go? Well, I think it's pike, you, you did but both. Pipe makes yeah. more sense, right? I think pipe is the um, yeah, the like modernized version of it. I always thought
0: it was Play It By Year. Um, is, is it as not? It's Play It By ear. Like, Wait, what did you like think it was? How's it, how year. Oh. Y-E. Wait, <laughs> Play It By Year? <laughs> and I was year? like, <laughs> so me thinking that's that, insane. I was thinking that it was like, if we play it by year, meaning it's, we'll just wait a while before we decide to do anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, if we, we play it by the year, we'll be like, all right, let's just push it off. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I mean, like, In fact, you, it's the I mean, opposite.
1: No, it's the same, right? You're playing it playing it by ears. You're you know you're able to call an audible, whatever.
0: Um, one small thing too. The NBA is going to force everyone to actually every team to actually measure, um, the players on the team in terms of height and weight and stuff like that. Are you um, ready to
1: find out that everyone's like six foot two?
0: Yes, I yeah. think that's the thing. We're always Brooke Lopez. The, I think is the only true height in the NBA. The massive
1: conspiracy. <laughs> Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, and maybe I'll say this for somebody that actually knows what the heck this is all about, but I wanted to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie securitizing his contract um, because he's yeah, still pushing gotta... through with that. He's challenging the NBA's. Um, in in his press conference, he talked about it. he's like, "Hey, I'm not dumb. I had lawyers read the CBA before I did this. Like, this is totally legal." So, um, in classics, can you give me your understanding of what the, all that means? So I, I you know, Shams Charnia – sure boy wrote a long form piece on the athletic about this uh that i did not read all the way through um and i need to but basically my understanding is that there's performance bonuses in pretty much every nba contract and you can do i mean this is me like this is a you know my this is how i would conceive of this if i don't actually know what was going on which i don't so you know I, i really actually need like a you know financial professional to, to think about this um so if any of our viewers has that kind of background um let me know but yeah i mean like there's going to be like bonuses and things like that in a um in a contract so basically what you can do is like sell shares of your contract um uh with the understanding that it'll acc- accrue value like based on your performance and things like that um that's the the top down layman version of it i'm sure there's like a million more things to it than that um but that's sort of like my at a glance understanding um but really if anybody knows actually knows please hit us up so it
0: seems like just so i'm reading uh sham's uh story right now on the athletic which is a really good website by the way um the uh so basically it, from what i could tell he converted his long-term contract into one lump sum payment and then but that lump sum payment is less than the totality of his contract well because yeah right
1: well yeah because there's like performance bonuses like you make a you know that's i think that's how it works yeah
0: Yeah. so then he's gonna you know invest that money right i mean there's
1: guaranteed 34 million or whatever it is um and that's that's like you know guaranteed money plus like whatever if there's like six million dollars extra in bonuses um i don't know but there's a lot of different things you can do with that um again i don't know did you are you reading that is that accurate
0: but but i think i think what it is though by taking lump sum he's still he's actually taking less in totality than he would be getting if he played out his contract you know 12 million a year 12 million a year 12 million a year he's i don't know they're not telling us how much he's actually making and he has a player option which compl- complicates things but like by taking a lump sum payment they're only going to give him like I, they're not saying this directly but it says for a smaller lump sum payment meaning it's like when you do the lottery, if you win the lottery, you can do the annual payout or you can do the lump sum payment. The lump sum payment is less than the annual payout. Um, Yo,
1: you should hit up Spencer and get him on the show to explain this to us, Dillards.
0: I'll try. Do that. He's, well, he's, uh, he's a tough kid. will we'll text to, him. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's everywhere.
0: Um, So, but basically it seems like
1: it,
0: it, it seems exciting and it seems like something the NBA really – should not be able to stop because we've seen before in the past about like guys getting x amount of dollars in one year and then it their salary skyrockets in year two i think the nets have handed out contracts poison pill contracts like that in the past specifically i'm thinking of like tyler johnson didn't he have like a five mil five mil deal and then it was like 19 and then 25 million or some crazy sort of Esco- like a it was short short and then just a massive amount in the final two years i think it was tyler johnson or someone else like that um all great i love <laughs> having spencer dinwiddie in her life you know well, it's yeah. he's such a joy it's it's incredible to think back of the yogi Farrell spencer dinwiddie debate and that, now that
1: maybe of all the times you were wrong that might be the wrongest <laughs> you've ever been
0: is it that or i like andre bargnani like, I, like, was excited about that.
1: That um, was, that was, that was, that was wrong, but with less consequences, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just fun to have a character like
0: Dinwiddie on this team where, like, it's almost like how, I, it, <laughs> this is, like, a bad, but, like, the Spice Girls, what was really appealing about the Spice Gr- Girls is that as girl or boy, you could identify with any sort of, of the people in the sc- spice girls there's the sporty one posh baby truly represents the
1: entirety of human experience there's really nothing you yeah there's everyone everyone every every archetype of the human is in there and the nets have that same sort of <laughs> feel so if you
0: like lumberjacks you got joe harris if you like nerdy intellectual types i'd go jared Allen.
1: i'm not sure that i'm with the the joe harris lumberjack comparison just because he's got a beard he seems demure to me he seems like a like a like a seems like a desk a, an office job kind of guy <laughs> to me. Have, have you like talked to lumberjacks lately, Brian? Uh, lumberjacks not not a chatty bunch.
0: People think lumberjacks are a chatty
1: bunch. They're actually not because they're constantly sawing, a lot of noise. What wait people not are talking f- people that People think lumberjacks are a chatty bunch. What what is your version of an, of a lumberjack <laughs> <laughs> in your head? <laughs> have you did you read Paul Bunyan? Uh, did you, no? You,
0: I'm aware of Paul Bunyan though. Was he a lumberjack, or was he just a giant? I forget. He was a giant. Um, he had
1: a, a mule, the Wonder Mule or something. Um,
0: but anyways, yeah, there's a personality for everyone on the Nets. You could, if you want to be surly, you can like Kevin Durant. If you, if you, if you're into sort of the deeper, darkest parts of the internet, uh, you have Kyrie Irving.
1: That's so, me, man. That's why i mean I'm I I'm so into Kyrie Irving right now. I can't even. I'm just, I'm, I'm really loving that he's positioning himself as this, like, you know, captain of the squad. It's, it's just, it's really nice to see. Um, um, get us out of here, Mike.
0: Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be in your ears as soon as possible. At BKGlueGuys on Twitter. Go to iTunes. Five stars. We need them. We want them. We have to have them. Brian, great talking to you.
1: Hey, great talking to you. Yeah. Um, and all the other stuff that we talk. We don't need to talk about it again. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. All right, Twitch, don't leave. We're still hanging out for a brief little bit here. Yeah, boy!